Welcome to Hang Time Indiana, the official podcast of State Champs Indiana. And we're big time now because we got a sponsor. Thanks to our friends at Lawrence Tech. For more information, simply log on to ltu.edu. Alongside Drake Wally from Shine at 99 in Frankfurt, my name is Greg Rakestraw, the vice president of the ISC Sports Network. And if you have watched us over the last few weeks, you realize that filling a half an hour or so is not exactly a problem for us, but especially now. With girls semi-state in the rearview mirror, girls state finals coming up this weekend, and oh yes, just a couple of days ago, it was the pairings show, of which I was fortunate to be a part of for the IHSAA Champions Network, and a week from now, it is state tournament time in boys basketball. Drake, I'm not sure we can fit everything in. <laughs> So enough of my pontification. The floor is yours. Well, before we get rolling into what was absolutely an amazing week, as usual here, getting to the state finals for girls in the sectional pairings for boys, we do need to remind all of the people that you can follow Hang Time Indiana every single Wednesday on Facebook and on YouTube. And then let's not forget about the highlights that you can find on our Facebook page at State Champs Indiana or on Twitter at State Champs Indy. Now, before we get talking about the sectional pairings for the boys, which was so exciting, we actually need to cover some of the games just just kind of give us some of the things that we saw in the semi-state week at girls i think the big surprise was the fact that number one central noble lost for the first and only time this year and mm-hmm. that oak hill handled them the way they did uh 53 36 was the final score on yep. that one now again oak hill was in the state championship game the year before so it's not a major surprise and they were rated just below them as far as being number three in the state um, but that was clearly the most surprising result of the course of the weekend. Not just the fact that Oak Hill won, that they won as handily as they did. Uh, probably shouldn't be surprised that Evansville Modern Day gave Winchester as good of a game as they did because, again, the level of competition that Modern Day plays in the Southern Indiana Athletic Conference. Uh, Lawrence North, uh, once they got out of their sectional, you felt they could make a deep run. Once they got past Ben Davis in the regional round, you felt they were the favorites to get there. Uh, but uh, this is a case where uh, it is going to be kind of old hat for a lot of these teams mm-hmm. in terms of getting to Bankers Life Fieldhouse. Literally, we have four teams that were there a year ago, both 1A teams as we expected, Marquette Catholic, as well as Vincennes Reve mm-hmm. in 2A Winchester, in 3A Northwestern. Then you go Oak Hill. That was there a couple of years earlier. You've got Hamilton Southeastern and Lawrence North. Speaking of familiarity, they played each other on January <laughs> the 15th. And even the newbie in Benton Central is a traditional powerhouse, outstanding more years than not in girls basketball. And they're in the same conference as Northwestern, even though they did not play during the course of this season. So uh, their familiarity, I think, is the word to describe what's going to happen on Saturday at Bankers Life Fieldhouse. Well, and see, you kind of hinted to that last week how Northwestern and Benton Central hadn't even played each other, and yet they are in the same exact conference yet now they are going to be competing for a state championship. So let's explain how this works. They play in the Hoosier Conference, which is a 10-team league. Mm -hmm. They go into two divisions of five teams in each division. You are only mandated to play the teams in your division. Then there is a crossover game at the end of the season to determine first place, third place, fifth place, seventh place, and ninth place in the Hoosier Conference. Because of Northwestern anticipating and because they won the regional, they knew they were heading to 4A next year. Mm -hmm. And given how good they have been the last couple of years, they played a largely 4A schedule. Northwestern lost three times all year. Two to schools from Ohio, the other one to North Central, 
at Bankers Life Fieldhouse as part of Basketball Day in Indiana on January the 18th. So they added a lot of 4A schools, didn't play anybody else kind of outside of their division in the Hoosier Conference. Benton Central, in their half of of the conference, was, you'd say, upset. Central Catholic's a ranked team, Mm -hmm. but they lost to CC by one, which then Northwestern then played for the third-place game and not the first-place game, which Northwestern then beat Lafayette Central Catholic in the first-place game. So, yes, they're in the same league, but they were in different halves of the brackets, and they did not play each other during the regular season. And so what we're going to go ahead and do is we're going to discuss those exact facts that Greg just covered, except we're going to cover each team and each game, 1A through 4A, and we're going to start with 1A. We've been talking about Northwestern, we've been talking about the bigger schools, but we got to start with 1A. We have got Marquette Catholic Blazers against the Vincennes Reveille Patriots. Now Marquette Catholic, Katie Kalinin, she coaches them to 26-2, and a very impressive record on the season, and the Nolan sisters will obviously be the focus <laughs> in this game. They average 36 seven and a half of 59 team points and now we go on to Vincennes Reveille Patriots Rick Marshall has them at an undefeated season and they just came off of a very impressive 61 to 50 victory against University and probably University the best other team outside of those two mm-hmm. uh, as, as it was a it was the top four teams in 1A made it with Marquette Kathleen getting past Northfield uh, in, in terms of uh, their semi-state game as well the Nolan Twins versus Grace Wagner again so many of these players not all but the vast majority majority of them played in the state championship game and for Marquette Catholic it's remarkable in boys basketball I guess now four and five years ago in back-to-back years they played Bar Reeve in the 1A <laughs> state championship game uh, and Bar Reeve and Marquette Catholic split those games um, it, I would not be surprised if that's the way it works out if Reve gets them this time but I'm not saying that because I think Reve is suddenly better. I think because the two teams are so even. And so I, I guess I kind of lean towards the team that didn't get the double D last year. You've got the Nolan Twins. You've got Grace Wagner that leads things for Reve. Again, this is truly a 50-50 game. It was a game that wasn't decided until the final minute a year ago. I expect the same thing coming up on Saturday morning. It's going to be a very familiar game in 1A. And now to move on to 2A, we have the Oak Hill Golden Eagles. I call it the golden game, if you will. It's the Golden Eagles of Oak Hill <laughs> against the Golden Falcons of West Winchester Community. Todd Law has the Golden Eagles at 24 and 3. They just defeated Central Noble, as Greg alluded to, 53 to 36. And then on the Winchester side, as we've talked about multiple times now on this show, Holly Gutierrez has got them at 26 and 3, and they just got by Evansville Matter Day 59 to 50. All right, so Winchester obviously there a year ago, and again, they had to overcome one of their key players being injured in the state championship game last year. So it's mm. great for them that they could get back to this point. And now for Oak Hill, again, some different pieces, but as a program, they have been here multiple times, including two years ago when they were knocked off by Eastern of Pekin uh, in the 2A state championship game. So these two programs know each other very well. They know what it's like to play in Bankers Life Fieldhouse and play on this stage. Expect this game to be a really good one, even if it's not exactly the matchup we thought we might have, Mm -hmm. as we're expecting Central Noble and Winchester to face off for a second year in a row. And now we're going to move on to a game that we have talked about a couple times. Greg already talked about the fascinating uh, aspects of it. We've got Northwestern against Benton Central. Obviously, Kathy Layden has got this team playing out of their minds. I mean, you know, Madison Layden, Kendall Bostick, 40 of the team's 67 points. And then for for Benton Central, uh, David Baxter, 27 and 40. He's got the Bison, and they just defeated Salem 48-34. to That's going to be a good game. No doubt about it. Um, and I think Benton Central, because they're in the same league, you know they haven't played this year, I do think that takes – 
some of the intimidation factor mm-hmm. out of the mix. Now, oh, yeah. it's not like anybody's been really in 25 points of Northwestern the entire postseason run <laughs> anyway. Uh, and, and what I think was interesting, after talking to both these head coaches yesterday, you've got the top two players for Northwestern that are going to go to, in Madison, Layden, Purdue, Kendall Bostick to Michigan State. The top player for Benton Central is going to go to Ball State. She's going to be a student. She's not playing college basketball. So it kind of gives you a difference of the level of talent here. Um, Benton Central has kind of embraced that underdog role all the way through the tournament. They're, they're going to be living it over the next few days. Uh, they know they have to play a near-perfect game Absolutely. to beat Northwestern. But at the same time, what that does, it allows you to relax and just go out and play knowing there's not the pressure of outside expectations on you. You know the other team, how good they are going to be. Expect Benton Central to be relaxed but still expect Northwestern to come away with a victory on Saturday night. Well, and that kind of feeling can actually be one of the one of the most calming effects of, of a big game like that. And so to, to wrap it all up for the girls, we have the 4A state championship game, Hamilton Southeastern Royals against the Lawrence North Wildcats. Chris Hoopenthal has got the Royals at 26-1. and Sydney Parrish, as Greg and I have talked about, show after show, 20 points, two steals a game. And then for Lawrence North, Chris uh, Giffen has got them very strong coming into this game. They just defeated Castle 50-40 to to reach the big game. So again, these two teams played on January the 15th mm-hmm. and HSE won uh, by a score of 56-45. to We talked about this with Northwestern. They've got three losses, two to teams from out of state. HSE's one loss is also an out-of-state team. It was to Ryle of Kentucky uh, back in December, so no one in the state has beaten them. It has been over a decade since HSE got out of their sectional. It shows you how tough their sectional has been, whether it's been Carmel the last couple of years, or Fishers, or Westfield, or Noblesville. HSE perennially one of the best programs in the state. It's just the feeling is, if you can get out of that sectional, you're going to go far. Lawrence North would say the exact same thing about their sectional, because we raved about the fact that the defending state champs Warren Central were in that sectional. Then North Central, who we talked about already beating Northwestern back Mm -hmm. in January, were in that sectional. Those two play each other the first night. Winner against Lawrence North. Lawrence North then beats them. Then Lawrence North had to get past a multiple-time state champion in Heritage Christian just to make it out of their sectional. (laughs) So literally, once you saw HSC and maybe it wasn't as obvious with LM, but looking back at it, you go, yep, two best sectionals in the state. Those are the two teams that are still left playing. What is unique about this matchup is that LN is not a very big basketball team. And their lone player above six feet tall suffered a knee injury in the regional and is not going to play in the state championship game. Did not play in the semi-state last week. It's an HSE team that has great length, likes to switch a lot of what they do defensively. And so simply put, can Lawrence North knock down enough shots to be able to shoot over the great defensive length of Hamilton Southeastern? That's the 4A state championship game will come down to. Well, and we have, uh, you know, those are the those are the state games for the girls, but we have to backtrack and re- rewind all the way back to sectional because now it's actually time to talk about some of the games that led up to the boys' sectional sure. drawing. We had four massive games, and we'll just briefly cover them. Let's start with Carmel defeating Warren Central not by one point, not by two, but by 17 points, 69 to 52, heading right into section. I think you did a great job of, of highlighting what was stunning about that game. Not the fact that Carmel won that game, 
but the fact that they won with as relative ease as they did. Mm -hmm. The fact that Carmel held Warren to 52 points, not a surprise. Teams don't usually score 50 against Carmel. Only Mm -hmm. one has scored more than 60 all year uh, against the Greyhounds. It's the fact that Carmel scored 69 in that game because really, they've not been a great offensive team. They have won because of their defense. Mm -hmm. Carson Winland had a fantastic night, and, and he probably doesn't get the recognition he deserves because so much attention goes to a John Michael Malloy or the three-point shooting of Andrew Owens or the fact you've got the former coach's son in Luke Hetty that will now go play for his dad at Marion University <laughs> next year. Well, Carson's a coach's kid too, and Carson is a really tough basketball player. Ryan Osborne does not have a deep team, but the kids that he's got play so well and play so well together. Carmel is going to be a tough out in the postseason, and I think the entire state saw that with the way they handled Warren Central on Friday night. Well, in another game that featured two uh, teams that everybody's going to be looking at going into sectional, Zionsville edges Fisher 48-44, to a close contest for that one. Well, Zionsville's on everybody's radar all year mm-hmm. uh, after they won a sectional last year because Isaiah Thompson's going to go to Purdue, and Isaiah crossed the 2,000-point threshold in his career <laughs> a few games Man. ago. Zionsville just ran the table in the HCC. It's not the Mick. But it's the next best thing as, mm-hmm. as far as great conferences are concerned in the state of Indiana. Fishers is not a team that was on many people's radar to start the year, but Matt Moore has done a wonderful job at Fishers this year. Fishers kind of got on people's radar when they beat Hamilton Southeastern in their rivalry Mudsock game uh, back on December the 14th by a point, and that game was for the conference championship. So Zionsville wins the HCC. They now go a little bit further north in the bracket. They'll play in sectional seven in Kokomo, and while they're the favorite, favorite they do have to contend with the likes of a Lafayette Jeff or a Logan Sport probably have to play both those teams mm, the way the sectional draw was able to work through now for Fishers can you get past Carmel which amazingly given the proximity of those two schools they don't play during the regular <laughs> season the draw is set up to where they'll likely face each other in a sectional semifinal and can Matt Moore have something for Ryan Osborne's team at Carmel we'll find out good year for the Fishers very good year for Zionsville Again, maybe Zionsville goes farther in the postseason just because of Fishers has to face Carmel in the sectional, (laughs) whereas opposed to Zionsville, if they get out of Kokomo, you would think they would likely face Carmel in the regional round at Logansport. we got a couple more games we want to cover real quick here. We had Ben Davis gets by Cathedral by one point, 56-55. to 55. Tell us about that spectacular game. Well, I was there for it, covering <laughs> it for the ISC Sports Network. And uh, if I have a favorite player in the state of Indiana, I'm not saying he's the best player, he's really good. I like Dewan Jones. Our waistlines kind of resemble each other. Um, <laughs> Difference is I'm not 6'8". I can't dunk a basketball, and I'm not going to play football at Ohio State next year. <laughs> Other than that, we're very similar. Uh, but Dewan had, had, had a good game but had foul trouble early in that contest, so Jalen Wyndham took over. There are four Division One athletes that start for Don Carlisle at Ben Davis. Only one of them is Division One in basketball, and that's Jalen Wyndham, who really is kind of the last link to Mark James's state championship team two years ago at Ben Davis High School. He was a sophomore that started on that team that won their first state title in some 21 years. Jalen's going to play for my buddy Ron Hunter down at Georgia State next year. Jalen had 23 in the win, 19 of those in the first half, 19 of the first 32 points that Ben Davis scored in that game. Ben Davis has seven losses on the season. They're all the teams ranked in the top 12 in the state of Indiana. It's a very deceiving record. <laughs> exactly. So that's why that Cathedral game was huge. So I, I don't look at that game as, as a negative on Cathedral. It's an acknowledgment of how good Ben Davis is. And again, if Ben Davis can get out of their sectional, if mm-hmm. they can get by Pike, they've split their two matchups with Pike this year. 
because of their such a tough cover because no one has anybody that matches up with Dewan Jones because Wyndham can get as hot as he is and because this is a very senior-laden group, if they all weren't key pieces on that state championship, I mean, they were around that yep. state championship. They know what it's like to win games in the postseason. If they can get past Pike, I think Ben Davis is capable of going on a run knowing that they got to play a great team, if not a couple of them, in the regional round at Southport. Hey, before we jump into sectionals, let's talk about one more game. We have Blackhawk Christian defeated Marion 69-60, to and that's a tough win. And I have seen some, what I would say, unintelligent folks on social media that assumed that Marion was overlooking Fort Wayne Blackhawk. No, no, no. Marion's good. So is Fort Wayne Blackhawk Christian, too. And one of the things that is unique about Blackhawk in 1A is their size. They have 3A or 4A size. They are one of the best 20 or 25 basketball teams. And I use that number specifically because you've got, we'll give rankings. Those are the AP, and I'm an AP voter, that rank them by class. The Mm -hmm. coaches put them in a one-class poll. And Fort Wayne Blackhawk Christian has been in that coaches poll. It's a top 20 team, kind of on and off throughout the course of the year. So that was not Marion overlooking Fort Wayne Blackhawk. That was Fort Wayne Blackhawk potentially being a better basketball team than Marion. Now, that does not mean that Marion can't win a sectional or go far in 3A. That's how good Fort Wayne Blackhawk Christian is. Well, and speaking of Fort Wayne Blackhawk, we are going to jump right into the sectionals. We're going to cover each class, a couple teams that we find very fascinating and who we want to keep, you know, definitely within our sights when it goes straight into sectional. And then on top of that, we are going to have Greg tell us some of the more exciting things that are going on in each class. We're going to jump right into 1A. And I am going to talk about Fort Wayne Blackhawk <laughs> Christian Braves, which that's kind of confusing. Fort Wayne Blackhawk Christian Braves. They are being coached by Mark Davidson. They have senior Frankie Davidson averaging 22 points a game. And one thing that's not confusing is that they are dominant. As we just said, they defeated Marion 69-60. And you left me, and as good as Frankie Davidson is, I'll go with Caleb first. They're 6'10 sophomore who's on the radar of a lot of Big Ten programs mm-hmm. because of his size. They were thought to be the heavy favorite last year and just were beaten by a great offensive juggernaut in Southwood in the semi-state a year ago Uh, and so people expect Fort Wayne Blackhawk to make it to the semi-state round and potentially further this time around Uh, you would think maybe Central Catholic might be the team kind of awaiting them at the semi-state level this year Uh, last year it was it was Southwood that was able to get past Central Catholic and Mm. then beat Blackhawk Christian but that group largely graduated from a season ago Fort Wayne Blackhawk Christian a team that will be playing deep into the month of March well one more team that I want to that I would like to talk about is the Bar Reeve Vikings Josh Thompson is the head coach of that team he has them going very strong into sectional and let's not forget the last game they played was against Princeton and they defeated them 7 to 68 in a ridiculous two overtime finish and for those that don't know Princeton a very good 3A team and a team that could win a sectional so uh, it's fitting we bring up these teams in this week where they both beat outstanding 3A competition Um, for as good as say 4A is where we've kind of said okay Warren Carmel LC maybe not in that order right now at least, are 1, 2, and 3. Then there's kind of a cutoff. In 1A, that's the cutoff, 1 and mm-hmm. 2. University's very good at 3, but there is a gap from Fort Wayne Blackhawk Christian and Bar-Reeve to University. And what is also unique is that these teams have already played each other. Fort Wayne Blackhawk went down to the Graver Post Classic at North Davies and played Bar-Reeve in that tournament uh, at the end of December, and Blackhawk Christian got the win. Again, I think most of us would be surprised if those teams 
don't face each other mm-hmm. again at Bankers Life Fieldhouse on March 23rd. So now we're going to go straight into 2A, and two of the teams that I find fascinating are the LaVille Lancers and the Shenandoah Raiders. Uh, Mike Edison is the head coach of the LaVille Lancers. He has them going also very strong into sectional. And let's not forget Luke Beeler heading that team with 16 points a game. The crazy thing is LaVille's not even the best team in their sectional. Now, they're certainly a, a team that can make a run if they can get out of their sectional, but last year they and Westview met in the semifinals of that Good sectional. Team. Westview won it. The two teams had a combined one loss going into that game. <laughs> Both Westview and LaVille really kind of tried to up their schedules as best they could during the course of this regular season. But again, they don't play each other during the course of the regular season. You know, they're in the same sectional. So LaVille, one of their losses, they've had three so far on the year, was with a very good team in 2A in Indianapolis Howe, which we're going to reference the next team that you talk about. We'll reference Indianapolis Howe there as well. But LaVille this weekend just beat South Bend St. Joe, a very good 3A team from their area. So if LaVille get out of their sectional, they're going to keep going for a while, but they got to get by Westview, who all four of their losses have been to 4A teams, including two in the Raymond James Hall of Fame Classic at Newcastle in terms of games against Center Grove and Valparaiso, teams that have been ranked for a good chunk of the year as far as the 4A classification is concerned. Prairie Heights in that sectional is 16-5, and so that is a loaded sectional 35 that LaVille is in. And uh, given Coach Edison's background, his dad being a legendary head coach at Plymouth and Michael being a fantastic player in his own right as well, uh, it won't be because of a lack of coaching if they don't get out of that sectional. <laughs> it's just because there's a lot of good teams in that 2A sectional. Well, and speaking of 2A, you know, you have so many teams that are very good, and it's very wide open, as we've kind of alluded to with boys basketball. 2A is wide open. Another class that's exciting to watch is 3A. We have the Culver Academy Eagles, and we have the Delta Eagles. It's the Eagles show. Uh, we have got Mark Galloway, the head coach of Culver, Ethan Britton-Watts, Deontay Craig, and Trey Galloway, all average over 10 points per game. And frankly, all those kids are Division One athletes. Now, Deontay Maybe a football player uh, mm. instead of a basketball player, but Ethan of that group is a senior. Deontay and Trey are both juniors. Uh, Ethan Britton Watts was a junior all star last year. I think he's got a good chance of, of being a, a senior all star as well. Ooh. You know, Ethan's numbers kind of get hurt by the fact he's got two of their really good players yeah. with him. <laughs> got so to his numbers the ball. aren't as superlative. But Culver, of course, the defending state champs, what their issue is, they're not very deep. They, if they could play five and that be and that's it. I think that's what they would do. And so depth is their concern, but their starting five is as good as any team in the state in any classification. And a loss they had this weekend should actually impress you. They lost to LaPorte La Lumiere. Not an IHSA member, but a team that plays on the national prep level. And Culver Academy lost to them by one point. Wow. Culver Academy beat Cathedral at Bankers Life Fieldhouse at the end of January. They did lose to a team with a bit more size in Hamilton Southeast from the Forum Tip-Off Classic during the month of March or during the month of December. They beat Burbuff Jesuit right before that in early December Good as boys well. Team. Culver Academy is an outstanding team. And again, um, disp- they'll, they'll have a tough path. They've got to deal with a great Mishawaka Marion team in their sectional. Uh, as far as the the semi the regional round, Northwestern, who was undefeated until a couple of weeks ago, could be waiting for them. Then you're looking at Delta or Marion or somebody like that. So it won't be easy for them every step of the way, but they're as good as any 3A team in the state of Indiana. And Greg, tell, uh, that's interesting that you mentioned Delta. Tell us a little bit more about the undefeated uh, Delta squad. Well, Drake, the interesting thing was is that Delta wasn't really anybody's radar You know, mm-hmm. coming into the season. Mm-hmm. They had a solid year. 
year. Uh, I think Mark Detweiler won 16, 17, 18 games in his first year at Delta a year ago. Uh, he had been at Union County for many years and built that into a solid 2A program. Had been at Randolph Southern briefly before that. But Delta 18 that you go back 15 years ago, they won the 2002 3A state championship. In the last days of one class basketball, they, they had a great run deep into the tournament back in 1997, but they had kind of fallen off the radar. But uh, they've got some stars there, no doubt. Mm-hmm. But what Delta is, is the last of the Mohicans. They are the last undefeated basketball team in the state of Indiana. They are 22-0. They play Muncie Burris this week. They'll likely be 23-0 heading to their sectional, but it is by no means a guarantee they get out of their sectional. They played Newcastle a couple of weeks ago. Newcastle level one of the best scorers in the state, and Luke Bumbelow. Yep. Delta had to come from behind to win that game, 61-55. to Hamilton Heights is a very good basketball team in that sectional as well. And then there is Blackford. Blackford led by the most prolific scorer in the state in Luke Brown. I know that uh, our cameras were there to cover their game against Wabash this weekend. And while it did not go well for Blackford, Luke Brown had another fantastic game. And he is just 16 points away from breaking the all-time scoring record at Blackford High School in basically playing about one and two-thirds seasons because he missed the last eight games of last year due to a broken bone in his leg. Uh, he, He has a legitimate chance as does a kid like Jalen Blackman, of threatening the 3,000-point mark in the state of Indiana, of which there have been four guys in the history of this state get to that level. Damon Bailey, Marion Pierce of Louisville back in 1961, Deshaun Thomas of Fort Wayne Bishop Lures in 2010, and Romeo Langford a season ago. Both those guys have a chance to get to that level, but that's a couple of years from now. Now in terms of the sectional, I'd probably put Blackford fourth of those teams just because of of maybe the talent around Luke. Mm -hmm. He'll be worth the price of admission. But in terms of Delta, Hamilton Heights, and Newcastle on their home floor, that sectional 24 at Newcastle, you probably need to get your tickets now. Even with 10,000 people that can fit into that building, they might come close to selling the place out in a couple of weeks. We've got one more class that we need to cover. And yes, we are going to bring up two teams that we have probably brought up a little too much, but with good reason. For a basketball, we've got the Carmel Greyhounds, Ryan Osborne, and they are one of the strongest teams for 4A. Tell us a little bit about Ryan Osborne. Well, again, Ozzie and I go back nearly 20 years. So Ryan is from Logansport, uh, was a walk-on at IUPUI. Uh, Ozzie and I um, were uh, occasional roommates on the road during the days at IUPUI as I was the radio announcer during his playing days. He is a he is a great coach and a better person. So Ryan was a longtime assistant for Jason Young at Avon. Uh, then when Scott Hetty got the job at Carmel, Ryan went to join his staff. And when Scott decided to go to the college ranks and be the coach at Marion, uh, for those that were around the program, we knew it was obvious. It may not have been obvious to those outside of the program, but those in kind of coaching circles in Central Indiana knew that Ozzy would hit the ground running. So in his first year as a head coach, Carmel goes to the state championship game last year, and I think a lot of us have that same expectation this year as well. Again, Carmel, as I said earlier, not overly deep. But the five or six guys they play are really, really good. Well, and then let's finish this with talking about the rival that Carmel just defeated soundly, which they are more than definitely going to come back from that, and that is the Warren Central Warriors. Chris Beyer, only two losses. They had a 46-game win streak, and then they are one of also the strongest teams going into 4A with Carmel. Too. In the last three years, they've lost five times. They were 21-3 and two years ago, knocked off the first night of the sectional by Lawrence North. 32-0 last year. They've lost twice this year to the teams that are currently ranked 
one and two in the state of Indiana, that being Carmel and Lawrence Central. Uh, Warren Central will get a crack at Lawrence Central at some point in time in the sectional, and if that happens, it would be in the sectional championship game. The draw in sectional 10 was everything. Cathedral and LN play the first night. Winner gets Warren Central. Winner likely gets Lawrence Central in the championship game. Chris Byers got after his team, kind of in the media, which you don't hear coaches do very often, but Chris knows his team so well and knows that he can do it because they're so experienced. They've had such success. He can kind of light into them like that. You see mm-hmm. that at the college level or the professional level. You don't see it at the high school level very often. Not very often. But yeah. I know why he did it, and I tend to not. Am I in agreement with him? And he's gonna he's gonna get. I think he's gonna get something great out of his team because of that. But again, they may not make it out of the sectional just because their sectional is so ridiculously deep with, again, four top 15 teams and three top 10 teams in sectional number 10. And, and sectional 10 is going to be an explosive sectional, going to be some of the best games in the tournament. And shameless plug time, I'm calling all five of those games on the ISC Sports Network. So night number one, Tech and North Central, uh, then followed by Cathedral and Lawrence North, LC and Warren Central mix in on Friday night, championship game again uh, on Saturday night, ISCSportsNetwork.com. You can watch all five games. So before we end the show here, we have to hit the the uh, crucial moment when we find out just what is on Greg Rakestraw's radar. Well, one of the games we already touched on, uh, Delta and Muncie Burris. Anytime a team can finish a season undefeated, at least a regular season, that gets your attention. So that game should be on there. Another one, I'm not sure how competitive the game is going to be, mm-hmm. but it is a monumental night in the history of Indiana basketball. I just rattled off the four guys that have scored 3,000 points in their career. It's an even shorter list of, of coaches that have won 800 games in their career on the boys' side. It's two. It's Jack Butcher at 806, legendary coach at Ligoti. The other one is J.R. Holmes, who got to 806 over the weekend uh, when Bloomington South beat Jennings County on Saturday night. He goes for victory number 807, Thursday night at home against Northview. His Bloomington South team is really good. They're 20-3 and going into this game, and they're a team that uh, I think would be a sectional favorite. Maybe can get out of their regional as well. But uh, Thursday night, while it's going to be senior night, it's also the night the state of Indiana pays attention to one of the greats to all time do it, uh, to do it uh, in, in the history of the game in terms of J.R. Holmes going for win number 807 to become the all-time winningest coach in the history of Indiana high school boys basketball. And one other game, and I'm glad we use radar for this, because normally, like, you know, radar, like, picks up, like, you know, 75 miles within a town. Mm-hmm. This is off the radar. you got to go to, like, the Louisville <laughs> radar to pick this up. But uh, in southern <laughs> Indiana, Crawford County and Paoli – play for the Potoka Lakes Athletic Conference Championship. And then they're the two favorites. They're in the same sectional in 2A. Crawford County's been in the top 10 for part of this year. Paoli just got back in it this week. Two outstanding teams probably going to play twice in the span of about seven or eight days. They'll play for a conference title first on Friday night. Could play for a sectional championship the following Saturday. We've got boys sectional basketball. We've got girls state championship basketball. We will be covering both of those things next week on the show. Greg, as always, it has been a pleasure. Drake, thank you very much. Thanks to Todd Young behind the scenes. And thanks to our presenting sponsor, our friends at Lawrence Tech. For Drake, this is Greg. We'll do it again next week. Right here as you're watching on State Champs Indiana.